0: Like Roy Jones said, I said y'all must have forgot. Y'all must have forgot.
1: The civil war has been quite fruitless. It's a, civil war. It's a people defending themselves against a fascist government. Now
2: the revolution has got to be perfect. It's got to be flawless. Well, that isn't my criteria. My-
1: This is EMP, the podcast on the Public Pulse News Network. I am Amin TMK. Uh, This is season five, everybody. Season Season five. Fucking
2: five.
1: Uh, Live from the belly of the beast, Southside. Remember when uh, we all decided the studio location would be in the south side and everyone was like not the south you, side like, what are you doing oh my god it's hey look man and I don't there. know
2: what it's like where you at man but where I'm at my neighbors are the coolest motherfuckers man I mean
1: well look I mean they do do terrifying things like give you aloe vera plants right or give you free chickens yeah bags yeah. of food I mean these people man you can't trust them
0: an it was, axe it was he Christmas you let us borrow an axe
1: it was, was
2: Christmas and I was thinking about your baby <laughs>
1: <laughs> that shit is anti black, man. Uh, a- it's just dead ass anti-blackness. Follow little tanky that could on Instagram at Lil Tanky could. You can't follow Kita the Muscle because if you that's just highly dangerous to do such a and thing. And they'll fucking stab you. You know. What
0: I mean? <gasps> <laughs> yeah, Look, stabbing is always an option, but it's not like necessarily the First option on the table. It's not the first option, but I keep it in the bag. It's not like the twentieth either, though. That's what I'm
2: saying. Like probably like in the top five. Look, it's in the bag. It's it's funny, man. We're both talking about Joey B. You know, I really thought what an insightful president,
1: man. (laughs) (laughs) He inspires so much faith. Uh, (laughs) I did nothing
0: wrong. Came through on all those promises.
1: so if you follow us on Instagram, Public Pulse News, I uh, have been kind of harping on this for the last week or so. Um but uh, there there was this little uh you know the democrat like propaganda machine this like you kind of realize it when you a leftist you like damn like these motherfuckers is really Reaching, you know what I'm saying? When well, Michael Jordan goes to dunk on the Monstars from half court and he has to move his arm and it keeps getting longer and, longer and longer and longer and longer and longer on some Mr. Fantastic shit. This is what's happening with the Democrats in response to having to defend Joey B. And I just wanted to read it and maybe we can discuss. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go. All right. Well, all right. Your silence says, 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 says do that it. we agree. So let's, so let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, on their Instagram is, because at these motherfuckers, that's how I feel, political hit. OK, I don't follow them and you shouldn't either. But they posted this Biden's first year in office. And this is where they say his wins are. And I just wanted to debunk this shit. Number one, vaccinated Americans, one percent to 70 percent. So their whole thing is Joe Biden was able to get 69 percent of the population vaccinated even though he didn't start the vaccination process that was done by Donald Trump. To say that he's the reason they got from 1% to 70% is kind of ridiculous, right? It's
0: also ridiculous because, I, I mean, he made it very clear he was abandoning the unvaccinated and those people died.
1: Go out and get a job, Jack. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, you're, uh, for the unvaccinated, you will have a cold winter full of disease and death. <laughs> yes, Joe Biden. I carried out the policy. Uh, the next you- thing is, this is the next accomplishment. Schools open from 46% to 99%. Now, my whole thing with this is, Getting kids back in school is not a good thing. I-, I thought that was the whole thing when Trump was in office. I oh, sending the kids to school. Look, man. Now I- it's a positive? It's very difficult
2: for me, right? And we talk about this, the rationalization of, like, the uh, anti-abortion movement. You know what I'm saying? The ones that's like, we got to save the kids. I'm, I'm, I'm pro-life. How in the fuck can you be pro-life, right? The whole shit of all of this white supremacy, all this white nationalism is to make sure, you know, their little magical 14 words, right? To ensure that there is America for little pretty
0: white kids. May may I also raise, though? But you letting the motherfuckers die in school? Mm, No, because white kids go to charter schools and private schools. There it is. Kids of color, they go to public schools and they're being forced to go to school. But private schools and charter schools have
2: gone remote. So it always comes back to eugenetics at the end of the day. (laughs) Eugenetics.
1: Eugenics. I'm making up words. It's all good. I thought you was just putting it. Remember, we was watching uh, school days. That's it. Wake up. Eugenics. Yeah, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Please. Wake up. Uh, Okay, so the next thing is unemployment. From 6.3%. To four point two percent. Who the fuck believes that shit, man? <laughs> I mean, but no. what? But you know they they got the jobs now. Oh, you working for Uber? Okay. You working for Uber six Uber. hours a week? You got a job?
0: But also a disingenuous stat because Biden literally said we're cutting off unemployment, and so of course the stats going to go down because he was like, "Well, we don't got no money for that."
2: It's funny, man. The Republicans talk about getting rid of social fucking programs. The Democrats get rid of social programs. If you'll remember, when motherfucking Clinton came into power, his whole shit was he was the one that got rid of quote-unquote welfare. But why does corporate welfare never go the fuck away?
1: Um, so there's a few more. There's three more. And I think they're going to be—they're very fun. This is a stat that I've been seeing a lot. And this is what I've been talking about on the Gram, Public post News. Follow us. Bing. This is when I talk about this stuff. And right. You know, I mean, there's so many things to do, so many things to follow, but you know who the real ones are. Voice to the left. The next one is child poverty has gone down 50%. Um if you're asking yourself what the fuck is child poverty, uh, trust me when I tell you. You're you're you don't you're not the first person to say this. But this is how they uh the Biden administration Uh, Rationalizes this Biden's idea on the existing two thousand dollar child tax credit expands it for lower and middle income families. The idea is that the additional monthly income would push many Americans over the poverty line none of this is substantiated um but the white house did not respond to an inquiry um but the pri- you know with the primi- primary evidence usually cited by backers in an analysis by columbia Ver- columbia university center poverty and social policy published in january 14th according to the analysis uh, biden's proposal would cut the overall poverty rate from 9% to 12.6%. so how is that cutting it down 50% even by their own metrics it doesn't make any sense. i, I mean I- I
0: have a lot to say on this. Go oh off my goodness. You. Okay. First of all, oh. first of all, we have to ask about the methodology of these studies, right? And the fact is is that you'll find out they're a year, sometimes two years behind. And so what Biden's really writing off of is the STEMI checks that he refuses to give to say and to take credit for, well, I pulled these children out of poverty because um some of the studies like universities have been doing is trying to keep like up-to-date statistics of what poverty rates are, not just child poverty, but like other demographics, people of color, various ethnicities and races. And they're finding out like, hey, the stimulus checks actually helped a lot of people and the unemployment helped people get out of poverty. And it's disingenuous for him because like the federal government has been doing this with Johnson's administration in the 1960s, this war on poverty, which actually only moralized it. And that's why people gather child poverty because it's like, oh, it's your parents' fault they're poor, but as a child, it's not your fault. But that this war on poverty is essentially like oh, hey, we do all of these studies and we're going to stop poverty. And what they found out is, of course, the way they do the statistics is different. At first, it used to be, hey, this is what the cost of food is times three. Um, So it's not like entirely accurate, but they know like money will help. And they could have, they have an entire board dedicated to, hey, investigate poverty. What are the statistics? And Biden wants to take credit for like, I reduced it. But the fact is, if you give people money, if you set the federal minimum wage, or honestly, I believe you should have a maximum wage. We should not have fucking billionaires. Do both. But do if both. You, you could do both that if you set a higher standard of federal minimum wage, that could help eliminate poverty for a lot of people. But they refuse to do it. And instead, he's taking credit for something that he has no intention of actually legitimately changing I mean, just to step into that. Right. Again,
2: when we're talking about a war on poverty, which I love the original messaging of that with the Democrats in the 50s. Uh uh, Roosevelt. I think it was Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the one that had a war on poverty. Johnson. It was Johnson? Yeah, he started it. 1960s. Mm, okay. Um, all right. So, anyway, but the thing, that, the the concept of it, right, was the, free. well, no, the freedom from want, freedom from poverty, freedom from fear...
0: Okay, yeah, he did that quote, but it's like this. Okay, okay, <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. The uh, the, the
2: the messaging, the, the messaging right, of the war on you.
0: poverty started with Johnson. Deep, He's okay, the one you. who started, like, hey, how do we calculate what poverty is? Right. They implemented a formula in 1969, gotcha. and then of course, other presidents have kind of taken gotcha. on that gotcha. role Dur- so, so, yeah. directly so from the
1: directly from the crack team. Uh, in his first State of the Union address in January 1964, President Lyndon B. Johnson asked gotcha. Congress to declare an unconditional war on poverty. And to aim uh, not only to relieve the symptoms of poverty, yeah, but I cure did it. My research, to it. No, yes. So what I was mixing up was those two phrases, right? Because but FDR about was freedoms, on right, some freedom
2: freedom shit like want, that, right? All of mm-hmm, that shit. So that was democratic messaging in the '40s and the '50s, right? Uh, and '60s, right? So, but like, what's interesting to me is one of the easiest things you could do to combat that is make it a fucking constitutional amendment that enshrines truly what the right to work looks like, as opposed to. The way that businesses have codified that, because when we talk about what how the how the right makes these rhetorical wins that are so good, if you were to go to 10 out of 10 people and be, be like, do you feel like states should have a right to work laws? Everybody would be like, yeah. But what that really means is right to fucking fire. If you were to go to 10 of 10 people and be like, do you feel like a corporation should have the right to fire you for any reason? Everyone's gonna say fucking no, but because it's all called right to work, that's where your mind is with the shit. You know what I'm saying? So, like, literally, like, having it enshrined in the Constitution, you can't fire people for being gay. You can't fire people or not hire them for being black. This is how you truly combat
0: motherfucking poverty. I mean, part of the problem is, is how do you define the poverty? How do you define poverty to get to the formula that you need to say, like, these people are impoverished? And, like, UNICEF has a very different formula or assessment of what poverty is versus the United States, for example, where the United States is like, it's math. If you make this much money, again, disingenuous, because they could easily change that with raising the minimum wage or not even having a like keeping up with the cost of living, state to state. But UNICEF is like, hey, it's not just about can you afford food and housing. It's do you have the autonomy to? Or, or, I keep saying UNICEF, and I th- I mean the UN. Like, do you have the autonomy to determine your own future as like? also kind of defining poverty and what that means. Like, do you have the agency to say you want these things and then be able to obtain them? And uh, this is why I go back to the moralizing. The reason we focus on child poverty statistics is is because— It's a moral judgment associated with poverty. You can't really substantiate that shit. Right. We don't say, like, oh, it's—well, it's. we say that it's the adult's fault that they're poor, that they made bad decisions, that they did too many credit cards, that they didn't get a good enough job, that they didn't get a college education, and then suddenly, like, you attribute all of these things about, like, it's your fault you're poor. And so to shift the conversation around, well, it's not a child's fault that they're poor, and so we should be able to focus on why children are impoverished and help them get out of poverty without doing the things that we need to in order to get people out of poverty, which people should not be in poverty. But then you realize you have to change, like, a lot of things. Wait, if housing is a necessity, food is a necessity, then why do we make people pay so much money for it? Why don't we just provide those things, and then they won't be in poverty? That's a fact.
1: And Go ahead, please. uh, Well, I was just going to say, because I still have two more on this list, um, but uh, we we, we can still keep going on this one. I just wanted to acknowledge... um, First of all, the U.S. poverty line, yeah, I, I assume y'all might know what it may be, but uh, for our listeners, $12,760 per year. So if you make $13,000 a year, you, you're not impoverished uh, as when it comes to the definition in the United States. $13,000
0: a, $13, $13, a year with kids or no kids?
1: For a family, it's 26000
0: I don't give a like, fuck
2: if you live in the fucking Mississippi Delta, you man. You
0: cannot. $13,000 in a year? And with a family, $26,000. See, this is why it's disingenuous. So he's saying like, hey, we made sure that I lifted poverty. But then they like changed their formula. They changed their definition. And at the end of the day, the reason we're dealing with poverty statistics is because what it, people don't want to admit this. It goes back to racism because what happened in the 1960s war on poverty? Black people were still fighting for their civil rights and saying like hey we should get these things and white people were like hey poverty is important but black people shouldn't get shit um tanky were you gonna you were looking like you was gonna add something no
2: no no, no. please finish finish your well, points I, because I, you lean into what i'm gonna talk
1: about uh, okay okay yeah i got a few more things i just wanted to uh to say that there's two more left on here and they're both both ridiculous uh, it says foreign wars biden first year in office foreign wars over They're over, y'all. I am a freaking genius.
2: There's no more... So there are no Americans guarding oil fields in Syria. Nope.
1: Fascinating. Absolutely. Mm. None of of that. Mm -mm. Uh, There's no... uh, There's no... uh, uh, Any political support uh, for other wars or any economic hit jobs going on. There are no mercenaries. Again, what we're doing is we're
2: playing games with rhetoric. It's rhetoric. Mm. Because the Korean War is not a declared war. It's a conflict <laughs>
0: right it's a conflict
2: and it's Syria is mm. a policing action right? Well, it, oh, because right Congress hasn't declared
1: war but Congress does, that doesn't happen anymore Yeah, it doesn't happen uh, but remember we talked about when we a, go back to listen to uh, geopolitics for leftists because as you can see you know just because there's not a battle of people happening does not mean people are not at war it doesn't mean warships are not out there it doesn't mean there's military bases waiting for shit to pop off at any minute you know, so when you talk about foreign wars over, I mean, it just goes back to this idea that just like 50% child poverty down, vaxxed Americans 1 to 70%, schools open 46 to 99, unemployment 6.3 to four point two, zero zero context involved <laughs> in any of these numbers. Right. And they act like, and this is the type of shit that they made fun of Trump for. He just said, oh, yeah, well, but black Americans, unemployment is way down. Yeah, because me, right. I done it. Yeah, but this is the same shit he does. And this is the last thing I want to say because I do want to get to y'all points. They're very Important. I just want to say this. It says economy best ever. That's all it says. Just best ever. Just best Best ever. ever. (laughs) Because you know
2: what? If the the stock market is doing good, Americans are doing good. Bro, I. This is a lie. I don't know anybody who came up where I lived in any of those places that owned stock ever. I never had neighbors that own stock.
1: That's not my reality. That's not the America I fucking come from. People don't have childcare, they don't have healthcare, they don't have housing. People are impoverished, okay? And they live, hey, and this is another thing I meant to say about the child poverty, quote unquote, going down. Once you get those checks and once you get more money, you see how quickly it is that you can go from living in poverty to not. So when you don't live in, quote unquote, American poverty, you aren't able to get the social programs. So I can't get rental assistance if I make $13,000 a year. I can't get food stamps if I make $13,000 a year. Remember, we talked about that a few years ago when I was trying to get on Snap yeah. in D.C. Like i, I well, I, you know, I made $12,000 this year, so I don't qualify, you know. And then they got to get your whole life involved. And just to say that the economy is the best ever because, quote, unquote, people don't qualify for social programs. is like one of the most evil things you can do. And these are what these numbers are wrapped up in. And I'm supposed to care about what the Democrats have to say? I'm supposed to care well, about— Well, it's got
2: better rhetoric now, right? No longer is it a social program. Now it's UBI. UBI sounds like good. But when, you know what I'm saying? It was like, well, everybody in the hood needs to get at least two or $300 for food. Well, that's welfare. It's Welfare. But UBI. Right. So that uh, that brings yourself. me to where I'm at. What I would like to do is ask y'all to put on your political strategist hats. Uh, it is 2022. There will be an election in two more years. That's it. Just two more years before there's potentially another president. And, um... I wanna be honest with you. You know, we told y'all, God, when was it? 2018 that it was gonna be Joey B. Like when we just told, like Well, I thought it would be Trump again. N- no, 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 no. I'm talking about it's for far the, as, cool, for oh, the for nomination. For the nomination, yeah, right. totally.
1: I just wanna say this because that's a that's a great, that's a great one right there. That's a right. great one. But a little bit of an easy one. I think, I don't know if we did, but I think we called Donnie J getting the Republican nominee. I don't think we had a podcast at that right, time. Right. But am- amongst we our discussions, I had, I had Donnie. As soon we as he entered, did. I was like, oh, this motherfucker going to win a Republican Party easy. Man. While all your political friends are like, no way. It'll be Jeb Bush and no one will vote for Donnie J. <laughs> right. So my thing is this. As it is
2: going right fucking now, y'all need to hear this. Joe Biden cannot defeat any Republican that runs against him at 2024, there is just not enough goodwill towards him. I did nothing wrong. And we can't be bullied with this bullshit. So many people... I've never seen people have buyer's remorse with Joey B. Then, then, then I mean, more... Motherf- I mean, if you was in into Trump, that's the you got exactly what the fuck you wanted.
1: It was better than you thought it was going to be. Someone just hit us in the gram right before we started this, uh, Public Pulse News. You know, I, I say it because we have a great Instagram. <coughs> this is was posted by joey b the american rescue plan got the economy back off its feet and moving again back on its feet getting 20 to 200 million people fully vaccinated got people out of their homes and back to work even in the face of wave after wave of covid this is from uh the White House, uh dot gov page and someone hit me back as i was like 81 million people voted for joey b this is i'm not going to say their name but uh they said my biggest regret i felt bullied into it not gonna lie and that's the thing man
2: they're not going to be You're not going to bully me. You, like, you can't You're not going to bully you them. You didn't do shit, right? And, and also, like, just not understanding rhetoric, not understanding hearts and minds. Yo, do you know that the White House has an official policy on pan- on, on the pandemic? Do you know what it's called? No. Path Out of the Pandemic. So, hmm. first off, even that in and of itself, not very inspirational. Path Out of the Pandemic? Right, which leaves us with the acronym POOP. <laughs>
0: on (laughs) us this whole time, so why not? Poop.
2: This guy is not the fucking guy, man. Look, and this is what I'm saying. If the Democrats want a path forward, and this is what I am uh, putting out to you guys, what is the path for for the Democrats? Not that we give a fuck about Democrats or Republicans, but I want you as a political strategist to think about it right now. Mine is very simple,
1: but I will probably go last. Okie dokie. I think this uh, whole, the whole thing is They played the Biden card at the perfect time because, again, like you said, it was such the orange scare that people felt motivated to go out and vote so they can say like, well, I I don't support Donald Trump. I'm a good person. But now, like those type of people are there's only so many types of people like that. Most people are going to vote based on how they feel like the United States government can help them. And uh, like you said, I don't think Biden is electable, but I think the Democrats are okay with that. I think they're OK with losing this election. I don't think they're too hype about it. I think they know that they're going to have to run one of these AOC, progressive, quote unquote, the squad type of people if they are going to have a chance. in what is so
2: you're you're conceding 2024 and moving
1: for I 2028. Think if I was Democrat, I would do the best I can, of course, to try to win the election. I would run the same thing. I would run the same trick and see if it worked. And if it didn't, I know I have to re-strategize. With one of these squad members, probably AOC. I mean, they've spent tons of time.
0: When a bill passes that is underfunded, that only gives a crumb, you get that crumb.
1: Tons of propaganda on building her up as like the next kind of Obama. I mean, it's the same blueprint, and they're gonna go with the same, you know, the same situation. So that's my prediction. Key to the muscle.
0: What the Democrats are gonna do is they're gonna run on diversity. And we're talking about diversity. They're definitely going to run AOC because it's like, look, we got the Latino. She wrote Latino And she's been doing so much, grabbing all those crumbs for you. Aren't you proud? <laughs> you get that. Um, they're definitely going to run her. They're probably, I've heard talks that they're going to run Hillary again. The fact is Hillary is,
1: said they're going to run Hillary. Okay. <laughs> Why
0: shouldn't I keep it? Look, they're going to run on this diversity platform again. This identity politics is winning, and AOC is like a better option, especially as Biden's uh, polling rates go down. However, there is going to be a white guy, and Bernie's going to run again because he runs every fucking election cycle. Um, And then they're going to pick a white guy, of course, as their primary, but they're going to be like, but we tried the diversity, and then Trump is going to win anyway. Like, let's just be real. Those people, like vote en masse because they believe in the system that works for them, that especially because um there's like a lot more anger and vitriol around, well, Biden's not protecting rural people, and it's kind of like, okay, but your own states aren't protecting you from COVID, which you think is fake. Whatever. Um, And then like, oh, m- my freedoms are getting denied because of, of the vaccine and, and all of this like vitriolic bullshit. Like, well, if you don't vote, then that's, you're not exercising they're going to buy it again. Right. They're going to buy all of it again. There's going to be a new slogan instead of vote blue no matter who. It'll be like, I don't know, vote ID because it's the we. I. It just doesn't make any sense. I feel like it's high school elections where you're like, I'll get sodas in the water fountain. And a lot of people are so disenfranchised. It's kind of like. I don't. So either people opt out of the voting system and realize like political action takes a lot more than voting, which has literally been taken away from a whole swath of people and that identity politics is not getting us where we need to go, particularly when we look up and realize millions of people are dead and millions of people now have a chronic illness from long COVID and the effects of that as we face new, newer and newer variants because – They've conceded. It's like the flu now. People are going to die. People are going to get sick. But that's okay because they're looking for a percentage. And once that percentage, once we reach that percentage, they're going to be like, fine, we concede. All of those people are gone and dead. And we're going to move forward the way we always have and pretend to give you guys stuff while we increasingly sink into fascism. Yeah, I think it's an interesting
2: thing, right, because when you look at the core demographics, right, the kind of people that vote Democrat – uh, that are dying are the kind of people that always vote Democrat. So this is another way of really adjusting your ability to be electable uh, on a national level. This is a big deal. Uh, I think there are two paths forward, right? I like what um, what uh, TMK said about, um, you know, just— Fucking trying what you can do. That's the probably the most realistic play because they're gonna fall. Well, eighty one million Americans voted for uh, voted for Biden, Jack.
1: I carried out the policy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: if, the, 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 if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Shit, and that shit will not win. You know what I'm saying? That will not win. Which concedes 2024 by running the same play. Like, how would they ever guess at what we're gonna do again and retooling for 2028? 20, However, I think. There are two ulterior uh, playbooks that the Democrats could utilize that they would have to do essentially immediately right now uh, to give them a path forward in 2024. Um, One, because, again, right, you have to think about what is the core of politics, right? What do Americans care? What is the essence of the average American? How does this affect my life, one? And two, What is sensational? What is spectacular? And so the only way to do that is to acknowledge Joey B has failed, right? Own it. Joey B has failed and then a coup from the inside, you know? If you want to run a centrist, the the two ways that you can do it right now, Kamala would have to go savage mode. You know, I really joined Dom because I thought he was going to be someone that I can make change with, right? Uh, And then primary him. Another really good uh, person that you could run essentially the same play with would be um, Stacey Abrams. Now, most people don't know. Joey B reached out to her first. Like when he first like looked like he was going to win the fucking um, uh, the nomination, he reached out to her to be his, her vice president, his vice president. And she is like, you know, you don't run for second place. So, like, she kind of placed herself out of that shit, but ended up doing all the hard work that was supposed to be Kamala's job to do. I mean, it's the vice president nominee's job to fucking galvanize the population and get them behind you. But at the end of the day, it was Stacey Abrams that did all that work and got not shit out of it. Now, again, this is a very centrist fucking Democrat, but they could use that language of— uh, Joey B. lied, you know. I thought it was gonna be different and still galvanize most of the, the political plays that you could do behind the diversity coalition that Keita's talking about. I think a more radical play would be the uh, the true fracture from the inside, right? One of these quote, unquote uh, the the posse of four, the uh, what do they what do they call themselves the squad, the squad <laughs> you know what I'm saying to uh, and and to be like,, uh, you know what? We've tried to work with the Democrats, use all this language from the Green Party, the Progressive Party, and just be like, we're the only ways. But without primarying Joey B, there is no path forward already Joey B cannot fucking win most american status of living has standard of living has went down you are losing literally family members you're watching there be no pandemic money come out when even this crazy fucking fascist did that and and the work the the, the mission is uh, the pandemic is not dangerous enough for you not to go to work, but it's far too dangerous for you to go out
1: after work. Don't nobody want to hear that shit, man. You know, like I, I, I think about this, too, because remember, what was a dude that ran third party early in the 90s? He was like a tr- big billionaire.
2: Oh, you're talking about Ross uh, Perot. Ross Perot. He got a significant he got percentage 13, of the population.
1: He got like right. 13 percent vote, man. And. uh
2: you know, I think for most you know, Americans You they- know what his policy was? His policy point of I'm not to cut you
1: off, but this no, is what is it? I, what is it?
2: He was anti um uh North America treat uh, North America what is it, the North American Treaty agreement? NAFTA. NAFTA free trade. He was like the super anti-NAFTA guy. He's like, this is gonna destroy fucking industrialized jobs in America. It's gonna export the worker class to Mexico and Canada.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I think at some point, like A, I don't know how uh, bought in continually. Americans are going to stay into just the two-party binary. I hope, I think that you're going to see more third-party votes uh, this upcoming election. And I think that is really going to be like something that Democrats are going to have to deal with. Remember when Bernie was quote unquote, an right. independent, right. you know what I mean? Like, remember I how, don't know like, if you
2: noticed, but Bernie was an independence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <If you, laughs> right. As he was uh, marching uh, with King. and mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, you know that it's going to have to be an industry plant from a non-party that's going to come in here, talk shit about because they thought that they could do that with AOC. And that's why I felt like yeah. if they ran the, cool the Savage kind of play, thing. it would be, yeah. But it's not going to be enough for some people, man. You're just going to see an uptick in third-party uh, uh, votes. I mean, look, it's not going to be significant. I'm not saying it's going to be 13%, but, hey, uh, what's his name? Hawkins, the Green Party candidate. Right, right. He got, like, less than a million
2: votes, bro. Because the Democrats, I'm telling you, man, they've yeah. got that shit under the fucking wing. Look,
1: that's their playbook since, and I hope the American people, at least some people, like, who I've been talking to, are kind of over this Biden stuff. And I know they're not going to Republicans, so they have to pick something. Um, we'll see a, if they'll there, be co-opting from outside a third party There's situation. been a phrase in political science for a long time. It's a
2: little cliche that people say, like, it's real dope. And it's... Uh, you know, Democrats fall in love. Republicans fall in line. But the third party votes demonstrated that was a fucking was lie. was a lie. Democrats fall the fuck in line. Do you want Trump? Do you? You know what I'm saying? I
1: mean, today, except when you're Joe Manchin. Right, right, right. When it comes to actually having to pass some of this shit and you gotta got to have one scapegoat. I mean, look, man, the Biden administration, this is the crazy shit. They literally have $15 an hour in the bag. And allowed the fucking unelected arbiter or whatever the fuck they call it to be like, no, I don't think it should be in there.
2: Well, I guess what we won't decorum, decorum. Decorum. Americans don't give a fuck about decorum. They cost, give a fuck about not having a two thousand ch- dollar stemmies. Mm-hmm. Oh, where was that? Okay, we'll get that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like you said, maybe run somebody from the uh, damn. I just can't remember that corny ass name. Say it one more time. Who that? The 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 group of uh, the uh, the click the fucking the squad the squad what the even squad. their branding is yeah. fucking whack man i feel like the best dark horse they could run would be Cory Bush. They probably could have got away with AOC if she had just been elected. With Cory Bush B. is kind of
1: who they got left. Right, she's
2: <laughs> been there too long, man. We see her dancing at fucking parties with no COVID mask, yeah. tax the rich, dresses, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Hey, but Cory
1: just got it. She just bro. she's
2: the only one is not they compromised look- enough <laughs> yet to still have any kind of credentials.
1: Hey. With the left. But remember when AOC was doing the crumb speech, Corey was right there, and she was, like, getting a little uh, ad-libs in.
0: (laughs) Get that crumb. That's right. That's right. All All right. right. Moving on. So when we're talking about, like, uh, how do you argue for change in the United States, and everybody says, well, voting is the way that you do that. um, Corey Bush uh, submitted an amendment to the House. That would have allowed incarcerated people, um, specifically people with felonies, the ability to vote. Um, so, of course, naturally, all of the Republicans said absolutely not. And uh, when we're talking about why two party systems don't work, 119 Democrats also said absolutely not. And the amendment was shot down. It would have, um, when we talk about, The incredible history of racism and oppression that the United States has and that uh, incarcerated people essentially became the new way to legalize slavery. Uh, Having incarcerated people not then be able to vote on their representatives, to deny them the right to vote. The reason I want to talk about it is is because, of course, people don't understand how they – Implicitly agree that, like, oh, certain people shouldn't have rights, and how that will always, always lead to. Fascism and oppression. Now, we can't say like everybody gets to participate in this society and then say, actually, these are the only ways people can participate in how their society and communities are formed, how we move forward and then say, hey, actually, some people don't deserve access to community, to society, to um, the being social and things like that. Cory Bush tried. Uh, Tanky and I have been saying, no, it, people who are in jail, who are in prison, who have been arrested for any reason should always be have the right to vote. There's been a, like a lot of, uh, I mean, straight up abolitionists. First of all, people shouldn't be incarcerated. The state should not you have know, that you much power. You John Brown
1: shit, motherfucker. I'm
0: just going to be honest, right? People, I, I, I do not trust the United States, much less any state government, until we have an equitable society to determine who and who is not incarcerated, who who and who does not get the death penalty who and who does not get the right to vote. Um, and, of course, a Democrat showed out and being like, well, this is an overstep of the federal government. Like, how would we let incarcerated people vote? And, of course, people are like, well, do you want a murderer to be able to vote for your rights? Do you want a rapist to be able to vote? And I'm like, They're a human being. They have rights in our society. It goes back to, once again, the Democrats being
2: the architects and engineers of the tough-on-crime fucking crime bills of the 90s. Bill Clinton and Alec. Right. Look that up. Right. And still, like, trying to act like, once again, well, we're sorry. We didn't realize how racist it was. And now that you're in a place to make some type of remediation, some type of accommodation for the people that have been targeted, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, no, we're not going to do shit about it. If you acknowledge that people shouldn't have lost their right to vote because they smoke some fucking
1: weed. Yeah, I mean, one, I just want to read this headline. If I just want to read, I mean, the the headline says it all. 119 U.S. Democrats join Republicans to reject letting incarcerated people vote. But I got to hear about Uyghur camps. Are you fucking kidding me? if you 2.4 million people are locked up in this country and you think those people are all just, what, guilty? You think that They're that's how bad the judicial people. system works? Do you think that... Somebody like you said, who I mean, people are still incarcerated for weed, which is legal in many states, and in those mm-hmm. states, people are still incarcerated. It, they still count people <laughs> who are incarcerated exactly. in terms of the amount of representatives that you Ig- get. But they aren't. exactly
0: so it's the new three fifths. It's the new what?
2: three fifths fucking compromise, right? Yeah, but I have to hear about. Uyghur camps. Uh, I think about when a technique said it's better to be rich and guilty than poor and innocent.
0: Like, people who are incarcerated, as TMK said, they get counted as individuals for redistricting purposes wherever prisons are located. Not even saying uh, privatized prisons have now uh, a quota that states have to fulfill, but that they get counted as part of redistricting efforts, like how will people vote, the number of representatives they get, and then do not have the ability to vote for their own representation— particularly as prison conditions considerably worsen. We talk about like the death toll rate and and this is where, this is what's so insidious about where Democrats are going, especially because they're going to be like, well, you know who died? Really the people that we shouldn't care about anyway, which are people who are murderers and rapists. And it's like, okay, but the reality is is first of all, you incarcerated a lot of black people in order to maintain slavery that once black people, we, we noticed that the stats for black people incarceration were getting high, then you moved to the latin a community and said like hey actually you guys are illegal and we should incarcerate you and then like a lot of other people are native indigenous peoples are also facing a lot of this where it's like oh you're getting incarcerated now for fighting for your land rights for fighting against big oil you're going to prison
2: let's also say convicted does not equal guilty acquitted does not equal innocent you can go to jail because you were too fucking broke to defend
1: yourself or because a lawyer gave you bad advice or because they traded your ass like a card. And it's not even a controversial statement. If you walked up, remember we had the whole idea we're going to walk up to people and like ask them questions and stuff. Like, I bet if we went up and asked people questions and I was like, you think that the United States judicial system is fair? If we asked 100 people, I think 70 people would be like, nah, it's Hell not. no. I mean, it's not a controversy. My with
2: that ass laugh. I mean, it's still based on some shit from the 1600s, would 1500s.
1: People would laugh, but yet people that have been convicted are automatically bad people, even though we all acknowledge the judicial system is some bullshit. And not only that, we got Guantanamo Bay. We have the border camps in the United States. As Muscle and, and uh, Tanky both said... Uh, Indigenous rights being trampled upon, the water protectors, people dying, being run over by fucking bulldozers like this is the United States of America. This is the Democratic Party with a majority in both the House and the Senate. This is what it looks like when you just throw your hands up in the air and say, you know what, vote blue no matter who well it's not a super majority yeah well make dc and puerto rico fucking state shut Which up you could do i mean like anybody who understands like political strategy and like you see that you leverage the things that you want or you leverage something so you can get what you want this is how uh, most politics works this is how life works you're leveraging your value and your worth to get other things done it's like if prince says I don't want to sign this contract because it doesn't give me enough autonomy, then he'll just not sign it. He doesn't necessarily need you. He has that type of leverage. As I mean, That's simple to say, right? Like you have leverage, quote-unquote, at your job. They really need you. They might give you a raise or whatever that may be. You have leverage in, in tons of leverage. Not only that, you have a majority. Joe Manchin, doesn't this motherfucker have to fall in line too?
2: Why don't they primary him? I mean, if he won't act right, why doesn't the Democratic Party of America... There's got to be some young progressive motherfucker that is... Uh, able it, that is able you know, all of the, all, checks off all their shit, you know what I'm saying, in West Virginia that they could get behind. This motherfucker old as fuck, he curmudgeon and shit you can't find no shiny, pretty fucking AOC in West Virginia. That's bullshit
0: they exist. But this is why the Democrats platform is absolutely like, well you gotta vote to make change, as if that's the only way to make change, and black people have realized this for a really long fucking time as well as native indigenous peoples, it's like well, first of all, y'all denied us the right to vote for so long and you continue to deny us the right to vote that, like, we gotta work on some other community actions in order to fight back for our rights because y'all ain't out here for
2: Is us. Is my fuck run a little bit rich, y'all? Y'all want to go to quick hits?
0: Final round.
2: All
1: right. So, as you guys know, mm-hmm. I'm a mm-hmm. huge Eminem. Mm-hmm. Fan. Mm-hmm. The number one M&M fan on the planet, and I'll remind you today is Opposite Day. Eminem uh, <laughs> uh, has bought an NFT uh, called uh, I forget what it's called Board Eight. and oh. uh, he paid in Ethereum, okay, which is uh, some sort of cryptocurrency. I was like, Is that you video know,
0: game currency?
1: Ethereum, <laughs> it's very real, okay. An-tanium. It's It's uh, you know. Uh, He paid in in energy that it costs to keep these stupid-ass Bitcoin fucking currencies and blockchains alive. So lots of energy that we could be using to power homes. We're using for fucking NFT servers and non-fungible tokens. He spent $450,000 on uh, this NFT, which is basically just a modification of the same image over and over and over again. It's called Board Ape why do them shits look so fucking
2: ugly man? look I'm not <laughs> saying that art you know I'm not trying to put a price on art but them shits
0: I've never seen an NFT piece of art that look fucking great it's a scam great. it's not supposed to look great it's how many people you could sucker into buying that shit Ponzi and Eminem scheme. was like I want to be in this line it's of dead suckers it's a Ponzi
2: scheme alright this is what I want to say about this $450,000 now we're thinking about Detroit, where he claims to be from, eight miles, you only get one shot, all that bullshit, a failing economic city, right? All of them workers out of fucking jobs, losing their fucking homes, $450,000. Let's say that there's at least 10 homes worth $40,000 in Detroit, which is not hard to believe at all, probably Hood homes, right? You could have bought 10 of those and had it just a fucking Eminem gives away houses. You could have gave away ten. It would have been the best
1: PR of all wait, time. Eminem owns the uh, owes the black community so much. He owns. He owes rap music so much. He's been taking and taking and taking and taking and taking No his wait, whole man. Life. He's the god of. Uh, he's the god of rap. Uh, yeah, and despite you know what I'm saying, your, your sarcasm. I'm just saying, fuck this dude, man. Man, man, fuck him for real. And this NFT shit, y'all 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 telling me this shit is just not basically. Uh, how we all talked about when Jay-Z was like, I'll buy a painting now. Would it be worth five million later? You You know know? how you change your life? Yeah, credit. Credit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This is now that without the extra steps. I don't even have to go to an auction. I don't have to go actually get the art. It's just funneling money from one place to the next because money isn't real and this money is really not real. Yeah, well, money is real in some places. Like, for example, Kazakhstan.
2: Motherfuckers raised the price of oil and shit is popping off, man. They just got they just got their first quote-unquote president, really, since the, the fucking era of the Soviet Union. Before then, there was like, um, uh, let's say a president for life type motherfucker. He had gotcha. been in power longer than any person in government that is not a royal. Like, the dude before the president now essentially served until, like, 2019 or something like that, 2020. And uh, he had been there since the fucking late 80s, early 90s. And I guess, you know, essentially he just, you know, kept a firm hand on all the corruption. But now that it's a new guy in there, the corruption is just off the fucking chain. Now, the average American only knows about Kazakhstan because of you know, fucking Borat and all that weird shit. Or if you a real hardcore MMA fan, you know some real good fighters
1: out there. That's where the fighters are from, man. You know what I'm saying? that little area.
2: But shit is popping me fuck off. So that shit is fluid. We'll probably have a more in-depth conversation about that geopolitically
0: coming soon. Okay, and then I want to inform people about their rights. Um, So... A surprise medical bill, anybody who has had to deal with any level of healthcare has probably dealt with the surprise medical bill, which is essentially like you got services. Um, This happens in particular if you have emergency services, you take an ambulance, an ambulance takes you to an out-of-network hospital for your insurance. And then you find out like you thought it was going to be a $300 uh, ER bill and you look up and it's like $3,000 bill. Um, Congress passed the No Surprises Act and it went into effect January 1st the reason that I am talking about it is is because it's supposed to uh, limit these out of network expenses, particularly for emergency services, and there are some exceptions. Um, it's really important because like in the age of COVID, shit is crazy. Everybody's probably going to need some sort of medical services in some way. Um, this is supposed to provide more balanced billing for emergency services and non-emergency services so that your insurance has to cover it without like, necessarily charging you higher premiums. The reason I want people to be informed is because we found this out with other private companies, is that your healthcare providers will lie to you or they'll obfuscate the entire purpose of what this is which is supposed to protect you from surprise bills so you guys should look up the no surprises act exactly how you're protected what your insurance can and can't charge you for and also because what they're going to try to do is get your consent for out of network billing if you sign that form then you're like oh i agree that i'm willing to pay double, sometimes triple or quadruple the cost for out-of-network care and the fact is, is you do not have to sign the form. Uh, you'll It'll feel coercive. You might not even understand all of the language because it's going to be written by a lawyer and a lot of people who are trying to access healthcare won't necessarily read the whole thing because your provider might lie to you. Do not sign the form. You do not have to. That if you feel um, a provider bills you more than $400 or above that estimate, you can challenge the bill and you should you should either go through your insurance to talk about these out-of-pocket costs or go directly to the hospital um, in order to say, like, hey, I don't believe I should have been charged this much. And if you need a medical advocate, I believe everybody should have one, somebody who can at least go with you and emotionally support you while you talk about your billing. Or, you know, some in many cases, even like, hey, I will call... The doctor, I'll call the hospital, I'll call your insurance company on your behalf. But get one of those before it becomes dire and then you're looking up and you realize you're in even more medical debt on top of the student loans that Biden promised you would get rid of but then didn't.
1: Um, I want to just give a shout out to our Patreons, uh, Lauren Bullock, Bridget McGiffins, Suzette Tob, Elijah Hayward, and Demis uh, Amadeus. Uh, I am Amin TMK, Little Tanky That Could, Key to the Muscle. We are on Instagram, Public Pulse News. Uh, you can also follow our music channel. We, we are posting more and more on there, Public Pulse Vibes. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Tiny House Villa. We haven't talked too much about Tiny House Villa, but you can find your environmental news there. Patreon slash Public Pulse. We We are also on TikTok, Public Pulse News. Uh, Any final thoughts from you, beautiful people?
0: Yes. Just thank you to everybody who continues to support us, come out for us. Uh, TMK wasn't joking. Like, what makes our IG a joy is that, first of all, we can all collectively shit on the bullshit that's given to us. And so, like, thank you to our commenters. Definitely thank you to our patrons. Um, And thank you to everybody who's, like, sharing our shit, man. Y'all the best
2: uh and New we fucking year
1: man no fucking fear no 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 fear fear is the mind killer uh two, two potential quiz at hataracks uh i mean tmk uh little tanky that could heat of the muscle public pulse news we out
0: Bro- Latino-ness?
1: my son did nothing
0: wrong
2: i did nothing wrong
0: a bill passes that is underfunded that only gives a crumb. You get that crumb. I don't know. Vote ID because it's the we. I-